All righty. We are back on another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. We have eight Milwaukee Brewers baseball games to cover today. So we got a lot of baseball to talk about. So we're going to jump right into it because we're also talking about the drafts today. So we mm-hmm. want to get going on this so we uh, so we don't run super long into the evening. So we're just going to get right into it. And we're going to start with our power pairs and underrated performers. Eight games, so pretty decent sample size considering we only had four games to talk about last week. So, Jake, yeah. who is your power pair and underrated performer? So, for my power pair, not shocking, Christian Yelich has to be on a list. He's like Seven the Giannis. Seven straight weeks. He's like the Giannis of the Brewers, right? He has to be on one of our lists, right? Um, so, Yelich this week, he was 13 for 33. Uh, that's a 393 batting average he had four runs three doubles two home runs eight rbis and two walks the rest of his slashes his on base percentage is 454 a 636 slug and a 1.09 ops so a very good week for him uh obviously the homer yesterday that was still clutch even though we lost but still a clutch home run and yeah i got some more thoughts on that game when we get to it uh for my underrated performer oh I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. For my power pitcher, I have Devin Williams. Devin Williams is very good this week. Um, four games pitched, one win, three saves. He had a, he 4.0 innings, zero earned runs, two walks, and nine strikeouts. That's a 0-0-0 ERA, which obviously you'll love to see. Um, my underrated performer, I went with Andrew Monasterio. Uh, he's been playing very solid defense before I even get into the, the batting. He's been playing very solid defense, which we need to talk about with how our team is built. Um, but at the plate, he was very good as well. He was 10 for 30. Uh, he scored three runs, two doubles, and three walks. So he was batting 300. He had a 433 on base percentage, a 400 slug, and an 833 OPS. So can't complain about Andrew Monasterio this week. Yeah, he's been quietly really good, and he just mm-hmm. seems to continue just playing very solid baseball. Yeah. Okay, so for my power pitcher, I had to go with my guy, Joel Piamps. Um, before the one-out single that he gave up to Joey Votto today, he had retired 23 straight batters. Mm. Uh, he pitched four innings, only gave up one hit, which was today, no walks and four strikeouts uh, over the last week. And he has not given up a run since June 8th. I don't Knock know, two full months since Joel Piamps has given up a run. Very nice. For my, for my power position player, I had to go for the, the guy whose hype train I've been conducting for about a year and a half, and it's Sal Freelich. Uh, mm-hmm. Seeing him get called up, so we got a lot of legs out of the hype train uh, graphic Maybe. this weekend. And he scored in all five games that he played. Very nice. Uh, five for 12 on the week. It's a 417 batting average. Drove in three runs, including two very important ones on Saturday. Also drew five walks, only had two strikeouts uh, in 17 plate appearances. So 17 plate appearances for Sal Freelich, only struck out twice. You could say he's pretty comfortable at the plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my underrated performer, I went with Adrian Hauser because people are still dogging him. For no Man. reason. Unreal. Just wait. Like, when we get to the the game that he pitched, I'm going to give you some Adrian Hauser stats, and you would not think that this is how he has pitched, given the way that people talk about him on social media. It's 
fucking ridiculous, honestly. Yeah, it's the way that people are talking about Adrian Hauser. He's our number five starter. Right. And I'm gonna say this as it relates to Adrian Hauser. I'm gonna say it as it relates to another guy when we get later. Don't compare him to Corbin Burns. Adrian Hauser is not Corbin Burns. Stop judging him by Corbin Burns standards. His name is literally Adrian Hauser, not Corbin Burns. He's also literally our number five starter, not our number one Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, not our ace, exactly. <laughs> so Adrian Hauser uh, against Atlanta on Saturday, six innings pitched, three earned runs, six hits, two walks, and tied a career-high ten strikeouts. Was good. So we had this kind of weird crossover where last Wednesday's game happened after last week's show, and this Wednesday's game happened before this week's show. So we got that double, the double up on the Wednesday's games. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start with last week Wednesday's um, game two against the Phillies. Uh, what stood out to you from the second game of that Philly series? Um, another guy who I'm glad nobody's talking shit about him, but. Um, in in the same breath, I've I've seen people say we have one good starter, and I'm like, what are you even talking about, dude? We have several. <laughs> um, so my father-in-law, he he loves racing and he loved Jimmy Johnson. So every time he sees Colin Ray pitch, he goes, "Hey, Jimmy Johnson's on the mound." So that's just my little random story for the day. Um, so uh, Jimmy Ray Johnson was on the mound, uh, five innings pitch, five hits, two earned runs. 3Ks, no walks. I mean, he was tremendous again. The entire pitching staff, zero walks. Um, I have to say, now that I'm thinking about it out loud, it is a breath of fresh air that we do not have to talk about our pitchers walking too many people. That is nice. Um, Hobie Milner with one of the oddest at-bats that you'll ever see with Bryce Harper ever. Uh, that was that was weird. That stuck out to me. Um Peguero, Piamps, and Williams obviously just getting the goddamn job done again. They do you ever have any doubt when they're in? I mean, really. I mean very rarely. And I do have a new nickname for Williams. I think I'm gonna start calling him Hollywood because that guy has he just has the theatricals, man. He just likes to make it cinema. Um, he likes to make us stress a little bit and then he'll just be like, Oh, okay. That's enough of that. And then, you know, like a, like a good guy movie, the good guys win in the end. Um, uh, but he did give up two hits, but he ended up getting out of it with two K's. Uh, we ended up with the win. I just want to say the thing about this game, Contreras ended up with, with the, the one that put us ahead and the insurance run. Christian Yelich would have had the hit if not for a tremendous play by the Phillies third baseman. Absolutely tremendous play by third baseman there. Um, Yelich and Contreras, three of our five RBIs came with two outs. So those two guys who have been carrying this offense, we're doing it again. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, William Contreras struggled a little bit in the first game, but right away in the top of the first inning, right back to hitting with a single at the middle. Um, Phillies went one, two, three in the bottom of the second. Top of the second, Jemai Jones had a one-out single, which got overturned into an error. Mm-hmm. But Andre Monasterio followed that up with a single, and then Blake Perkins hit a two-run double to the left center gap, and the Brewers were up 2 nothing, off and running. Christian Yelich followed that up with a, bl- a double down the left field line, which is important to remember because it just got past the third baseman. Uh, that made it 3-0 to zero, uh, early in the game. Bottom of the second, um, JT Real Mudo. Got a one-out single, stole second base, and then Andrew Monasterio made a really nice play on a sharp grounder to get Ray out of the inning. 
Um, top of the third, Willie Adamas led off with a single, and then the Brewers went fly out double play. Bottom of the third, a Phillies got a leadoff double and a couple of flyouts. No harm done. Um, going to the top of the fourth, Blake Perkins got a second hit of the game. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the fourth, Castellanos led off with a home run to make the game three to one. Got Philly on the board. Um, Ray follows by getting Harper to line out, gets a strikeout, and then another flyout. So Colin Ray not not rattled by the home run, which is good to see. Uh, that's that's veteran um, savvy to to not be rattled by that home run into you know giving up another one or feeling like you need to throw a meatball just to get ahead in the next in the count on the next batter. Right. Um, top of the fifth inning, Christian Yelich got down 0-2, worked back to 2-2, rolled off tons of pitches, just a great at bat. Did result in a ground out. Uh, Willie Adamas drew a two out walk. Was stranded. Bottom of the fifth, uh, the Phillies got a reach on error, a single, and then a flyout. Had runners at first and third with one out. Um, a single by Schwarber on a hit and run tied the game at three. Uh, and then a flyout and a strikeout got through the fifth inning. Top, or sorry, bottom of the sixth, Holby Miller came in, struck out Bryce Harper, saw six pitches, didn't move the bat off his shoulder. Now, I know you and I talked about this on Friday when we were at the Brewer game. Um, that this seemed strange, and they talked to him about it after the game, that Hobie Milner's release point is essentially why Bryce Harper didn't swing. Bryce Harper said he had no intention of swinging at any pitch that Hobie Milner threw because he had never seen his release point. The way that Hobie Milner throws literally threw off one of the best hitters in the game right now. That's, That's something that doesn't get brought up a lot, but it became a factor in this game. Um, then Milner also struck out Real Muto and got a ground out to end the sixth inning. Top of the seventh, Blake Perkins drew a leadoff walk. Third time on base for Blake Perkins. Stole second on a Weimer strikeout. And then Sosa, the third baseman, took that that double away from Christian Yelich. Essentially trying to do the same thing that he did in the second inning, which was to just slap a double down the left field line. But the third baseman was ready for it. Um, William Contreras follows that up with a ripped ball into the gap. Uh, gets the Brewers the lead back, hustles into second base. That's really something the Brewers have done a very good job of this season is is turning hustle um, long singles into hustle doubles is what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the seventh, um, Hobie Milner still in, gets one fly out on a first pitch, strikes out March, gets a ground out, seventh inning over. Top of the eighth, Bryce Durang drew a two-out walk, said it last week that he's feeling better. Um, that he's seeing the ball better. And I think today's game certainly fits that bill that Bryce Terang uh, is seeing the ball better. He was my underrated performer last week. Um, Andre Monasterio hit a hot a hot liner off the pitcher. Um, Bryce Terang heads up running to get over to third base uh, when no one was covering third base. So just heads up base running by Bryce Terang. Um, and then that was it for the Brewers in the bottom. Or sorry, the top of the seventh. No, top of the eighth, my bad. Bottom of the eighth, Joel Piamps comes in, strikes out Schwarber on three pitches, got him swinging at a high 97-mile-an-hour fastball, uh, gets a flyout, and then gets Castellanos to strike on an 85-mile-an-hour slider. Um, that was his 15th straight scoreless appearance, um, 20 innings, only two walks up to this point for Joel Piamps. Yikes. Um, sorry. 15 straight scoreless innings, 20 strikeouts, two walks. Um, 
17th of August, Josh. August 17th, yep. Okay. Top of the ninth, Joey Weimer led off with a double. William Contreras, another double, made the game 5-3. to three. Bottom of the ninth, Devin Williams comes in, uh, gives up an 0-2 single to Bryce Harper. Strikes out JT Real Muto, gives up a flare single. So the uh, Phillies have first and third with one out. Contreras with a big caught stealing to get Bryson Stott at second base for the second out. Just a fantastic throw. I want Contreras to keep the tying run out of scoring position. Devin Williams followed that up with another strikeout like he does. Um, this was also William Contreras' eighth multi-hit game in July out of 12 games played. Essentially, yep. two-thirds of games, uh, William Contreras, multiple hits. That's not okay <laughs> if you're the other team. <laughs> okay. Finale. We actually both predicted that the Brewers would come back after their first uh, opening game loss and win this series. So mm-hmm. good on us for that. So what stood out to you from game three? Well, obviously Corbin Burns, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to talk about Abner and Uribe. Yeah. Um, absolute stud. This kid is only 23 years old, and he has the stuff. The fastball slider combo for this kid is disgusting. It's Oh, my God, it's so nasty. And he he pitched last night, and we'll talk about that too. He's getting better with the slider and, mm-hmm. and the locations. Right. So if he can hit the location with the slider, the fastball becomes absolutely lethal when he leaves it up and out of the zone. It's at the speed that he throws it, it's already essentially unhittable. But when you also have to protect against a slider that is 15 miles an hour slower, right? it's just – it doesn't matter if you know what, like, right. You know that he only throws two pitches, but it doesn't right. matter because by and the time he, you figure out which one it is, it's too late and the fastball's already by you. Right. So as long as he keeps the fastball above the hands, um, not a lot of people are going to be able to catch up to that and hit hom- homers off that or get hard contact in general. And then having the slider that comes in on you and, and low at your feet, that's absolutely uh, trouble for the rest of the league. Um, just another guy that the Brewers pitching lab is going to be able to groom up and just turn into an absolute stud. So really excited about him. He was kind of the exclamation point on this game. Not that Corbin Burns wasn't tremendous, but. I'll say on the subject of Abner Uribe, too, before we like break the game down. Um, I think he's pretty good at painting the low corners, too, yeah, uh, with yeah. his fastball, because that's where it seems that he has a little bit, a uh, little bit extra velocity. What's up, Brett? Um so, yeah, I'll, I'll let you go. Well, the one one last thing, obviously, I mean, Yelly had a, his 14th home run of the year in this game, and Contreras also had an RBI. Yelly had three, Contreras added one. So, I mean, stop me if you heard this before, but Yelly and Contreras carrying the offense. <laughs> yeah, Brett, beautiful pitching, more like today. Definitely, definitely uh, great to see Brewers starters throwing 13 strikeouts, and I have a stat for you later. So. I'm gonna Stick wait. We, I'm gonna wait till we get to today's game before I start throwing out my my juicy strikeout stats. Uh huh. So top of the first inning, Christian Yelich first pitch single. He got picked off. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Again, 162 game season. Everything that can happen will happen. It's going That's to true. happen. Sports. Sports. Yeah. Baseball. I mean, yeah. baseball at this point. 
Like baseball could be equally as explainable of an answer as like the alien dude meme yeah, for real. Where the dude's like aliens. Like, yeah. Baseball. Like you can be, do that. There's that might be a good that many graphic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Um bottom of the first. Uh Corbin Burns opens up with a strikeout of Schwarber on a curveball, part of a nine pitch, one, two, three, first inning. Um Bottom of the second, Burns starts out with a strikeout of Harper, also on a curveball. Uh, top of the third inning, Andrew Monasterio let off with a double. Bryce Durang drew a walk. Uh, Blake Perkins bunting, bunts foul for a strikeout. If you're gonna if you're gonna try, fine. But when you get to two strikes, pull it back. Like let's can we just not? Um, MLB.com has a win probability added for each at bat. That bunting foul strikeout subtracted 5.6% from the Brewers' win probability. Nice. I like it. Uh, and then Christian Yelich hits his number 14 home run first pitch. Uh, there's no guarantee that Blake Perkins reaches base, but let's say Blake Perkins draws a walk in that situation instead of a strikeout, and you're looking at a grand slam. True. And yes, I realize that there is also the the possibility that Blake Perkins grounds into a double play. But we're talking about Blake Perkins, like not Jesse Winker. Like Blake Perkins is one of the fastest guys on the team, so the like the chances of him grounding into a double play are slim. He would have to hit it really hard at somebody, directly at somebody. He's in the and he's also in the left-handed batter's box, so he's got a couple right. extra feet. So I mean, he's right. fast. Yeah. So you know, you can you can bring up the what if he grounds into double play argument if you want, but personally, I think the chances of Blake Perkins drawing a walk or getting a hit are higher than him grounding into a double play. Mm-hmm. I'd say a fielder's choice is probably more likely, but even still. Anyways, Willie Adamas drew a, or sorry, hit a two-out single following Christian Yelich's home run. He was stranded. Bottom of the third, Corbin Burns gets another strikeout on a curveball, gets another strikeout on a changeup, the first non-curveball strikeout that he had, both swinging strikeouts. Bottom of the fourth, gives up a leadoff walk, then got Trey Turner to ground into a double play. So on the subject of fast guys grounding into a double play, that's True. helpful. Um, Castellanos followed that with a single, and then he got Harper to ground out. Top of the fifth, Christian Yelich got a two-out hustle double um, and then was stranded there. Um, bottom of the fifth, Corbin Burns got his sixth strikeout, the first one on the cutter. Um, bottom of the sixth. Uh, one, two, three inning on nine pitches. Put him at 76 total through six innings. Top of the seventh, Andre Monasterio let off with a single. That was his fourth consecutive two-hit game. Bryce Terang drew another walk, and then the Brewers went fly out, or sorry, strike out, fly out. And then William Contreras, another guy, super hot, gets to an 0-2 count, hits a single to left, it scores Andre Monasterio, puts the Brewers up four to nothing. Uh, bottom of the seventh, Corbin Burns did give up a leadoff hit by pitch, and I was starting to worry, like, is this where he's going to get to, you know, where it starts getting, like, maybe they're going to take Corbin Burns out. But mm-hmm. follows up with a, a fielder's choice, and Castellanos becomes the first batter to reach second base in the entire game. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> with one out in the seventh. Um, Burns gets a pop out and then gets his seventh strikeout on a curveball in the dirt, which was just fantastic. Um, top of the eighth, Owen Miller let off with a single, and then Victor Caratini grounded into a double play, ended the threat there. Bottom of the eighth, Corbin Burns comes back out, 
gets Colin Marsh to strike out, but the ball gets past Contreras. Um, so he reached on the strikeout of the curveball. Gets another four-pitch strikeout on a curveball, and then gets another strikeout on a curveball. All three of them in the dirt. So comes comes in in the eighth and just strikes out the side. Uh, finishes with eight innings pitch, two hits, one walk, ten strikeouts. I have a stat on the curveballs from that game. If you want it, oh, I got some. I got I got an interesting tidbit on his curveball. Also, okay. uh, I do want to give credit, like you said, to Abner Uribe. Gives up a leadoff walk. And then goes three straight strikeouts to get Castellanos, Harper, and Brian. Bur- or um, I don't remember what it, I think it's. Is it Bobby? Is it Bobby Bohm? Is that his first name? Yeah, I think so. Something with a B. But um, gets the first two on sinkers, and then the third one on a slider uh, to preserve the shutout was the big thing for me with Abney Rebe was preserving the shutout. Well, two things I forgot to say this before. We had the odd at bat with Milner with Harper, right? And then the next day, you go from a lefty who throws like basically on the ground, sidearm submarine combo, and then you have this guy pumping up the one hundred one, one hundred two consistently, and it's just like he stood no chance. Uh, the Brewers bullpen has a lot of flexibility, so mm-hmm. I love it. Um, real quick on the curveball, nine of his thirteen curveballs that he threw were swings and misses, sixty nine percent. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, so my little tidbit on Corbin Burns before we close out this Philly series. Corbin Burns, his curveball usage before the All-Star break was 17.5%. After the All-Star break in the two starts that he's had so far, 27.7% usage rate on his curveball. Very nice. So I, I feel like he's throwing his heel. He's throwing his curveball and his changeup really fucking well right now. Mm. I mean, on top of the cutter that he usually dominates with, but having the changeup, which is still ninety miles an hour, which is stupid, but six miles an hour slower, and then having having the curveball come in on top of that is just the fact that he like he's threw three right in the dirt in the eighth inning and all three of them were swung at is just yeah, that's it tells that, you how late. His curveball drops. Yeah, and how people have absolutely no idea what they're doing against him right now. Uh, this was the Brewers' 11th shutout, which had them tied for the major league lead, and we know what happened today. So Adam asked the question, why when we have one or zero outs and a player on third, do we not try to bunt the guy home, especially since these guys are hitting in the low 200s? And the easy answer is most of the time when the Brewers are in those types of situations, their opponents are playing up. So they're playing even with the baseline so that it's a shorter distance so that they can make the play at home. We saw it happen today. Um, Essentially, bunts are basically just accepting that you're getting a ground out to move a runner 90 feet. Uh, It's much easier to do when the infielders are playing back than when they're playing up. And essentially, bunts at that point are just ground outs. And yeah. it turns into a fielder's choice anyways. Agreed. Um, we saw it happen to Sal Freelich yesterday, and we saw it happen to Joey Weimer today. Um, again, bunting, no matter where you try to put it on an infield with the infielders in, there's really no place to go with it where it's going to be like, okay, that was perfect placement, and and have it where a fielder doesn't get to it in time. Right. Okay, so moving on from the Phillies to their division rival, game one against the Braves, the game that we were at mm-hmm. on Friday night. What's it out to you from Friday night's game besides Steven Watson and Vidi Rotito? 
recognizing us. Uh, yeah, that was an absolutely uh, tremendous moment for both of us. Um, so I'm going to talk about Peralta. He didn't have his A stuff. He was missing over the plate. And obviously, when you're playing a team that hits as good as the Braves, they're going to make you pay for it, right? Um, I will say that the pitching was saved by the bullpen. Um, Bryce Wilson was tremendous. Uh, he was my star of the game. If I was going to pick a star of the game for that game, three innings pitch, zero hits, zero in runs, zero walks, five Ks. I mean, the guy was doing his thing. He, he was cooking. <laughs> let, let Bryce cook. Right. Um, to, to talk about behind the plate, uh, uh, we saw in the first inning, Yelly get on base right away. Then we saw Contreras get him home. And then we saw Winker get him home. And he <laughs> looked like he was going in slow motion, um, <laughs> going into second base. I don't know why he would try to stretch it, but whatever. Um, he that was a two out double single by him, or single by him, RBI single, um, to take a 2 0 lead. So I was like, all right, we're cooking, we're doing good here. And then obviously, like I said, Peralta was missing some spots. Uh, Wilson came in, kind of gave us a chance. Um, Adamas hit a two-run homer to make it a two-run game, and that's pretty much everything that happened. Um, I do want to give credit for Blake Perkins at the end of the game. He had a really, really good at-bat. He was battling up there. Amazing. Um, he missed tying the game by mere inches. So uh, this team has a lot of heart. You know, contrary to uh, Facebook comments and other social media comments, beliefs, um, this team has heart. So they care. They're going to try. They're going to be in every single game. They really don't get blown out that much. They don't blow anybody out either, and everybody's crying about that. They're like, oh, just looking at the Brewers' offense and how they haven't blown anybody out, like, that's ridiculous. That just tells you how bad the offense is. Well, we're not built like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's not – I'm not saying that I'm okay with it, but I just accept it and I move that's on. where we are. We, we win a lot of baseball games. Yeah. So – it is what it is. It was it was a good day, good time. I had a lot of fun. Uh, definitely something that was necessary. And uh, yeah, that's how I feel. So I'll say on the subject of as far as the social media comments go, it's it is a little surprising to me that essentially, I mean, we're at what like 110 games in, yeah. and people still haven't accepted the fact that the Brewers are not an offensive juggernaut, and that's not how they win baseball games. Yeah. They win baseball games by preventing runs, not by scoring them. Yep. Um, what I will say on that subject is, is it's just a simple flip in mindset. So that's what a lot of things that we talk about is, is mindset. Mm -hmm. So just simply flip the perspective on it. Whereas like to use today's game as an example, like yeah. we got an absolute gem from Freddie Peralta. And instead of yeah. going going to Facebook or Twitter, wherever it may be, and complaining about the fact that we don't have runs to support our great pitching, let's be thankful we have great pitching that we're not getting destroyed in these games. Yeah. Because we you know, we could be a team that has great offense and great pitching, like, say, the Braves, for example, or we can be a team like the Brewers that has great pitching and not great offense or great offense and no pitching – but we could also be a team that has no pitching and no offense. We could. And mm. we'd be the Kansas City Royals, Oakland A's, you know, Chicago White Sox. Uh, there's a lot of teams like that. <laughs> it's really gross. That, that would suck. So, to me, that's what I'm choosing to do. I'm choosing to focus on being thankful that we have great pitching that keeps us in games. Like you said, with this first game against the Braves with Bryce Wilson. 
him going three scoreless innings, um, nine up, nine down, even. Like, it's not even like he gave up, you know, like two hits and a couple walks here. He gave three innings, five strikeouts, zero hits, zero walks. Hmm. So, yeah, Brad said, let's be real. We would win the World Series. There would still be fans, quote unquote, not happy. Wins a win. And that's the thing. Like, Jake and I have said this so many times, and we bring it up with with run differential, too. Hmm. Wins are what's important. Like literally wins is the most important stat. I don't care if we win three to zero or ten to zero or twenty to nineteen. I don't care. If we win, we win. That's really all I care about. Did you see what uh Nathan Marzon said yesterday? Uh, I don't think so. Bro, he literally shared the NFC Central standings, right? Except the wins and losses. And he put the run differential on there. And he said he said baseball should be determined by a run differential. No. Is it, it just Cubs be. fans that think that or what? It's got to be because that's the thing. Like I don't like I said this, I think it was last week. Like I don't give a shit. Like I'd be totally fine losing one game 20 to 0 if it meant that we won the next two. And then do you know that Bucks after dark guy? Yeah. He's a freaking Lions fan. Oh my god, dude. I had to freaking give him a freaking pep talk today cuz he's an idiot too. My god. <laughs> but that's like that's the thing. Like we don't play to see who scores the most. We play to see who wins the most. That is true. I mean, but run differential. I, I don't care. What's your record against us? Your run differential so goddamn good. I bet you have a winning record against us, right, Cubs? No. No, you don't. Idiots. It's, it's a consolation prize. And it's a tiebreaker in certain things. So God, I hope we beat them 10 to 0 three straight games next time we play them. Oh, I'll laugh so hard. Here's your run differential, you suckers. So for me, uh Brewers did a good job jumping on the Braves early, getting the two to nothing lead, and the Braves bit back in the second and third. Um, they hit two home runs in those innings, plated four out of the five runs by the home run ball. Yep. Um, that essentially sided the game. Um, it was Riley's fifth home run in his last four games. So yeah, Austin was... Riley came into the series super hot. Yeah, dude, he was he's like as hot as the sun at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um Braves added an insurance run in the fifth inning, made a game six to two. Bottom of the fifth, Bryce Durang led off with a single. Like Perkins drew a walk with good plate discipline. Um, and then Weimer flew out, Christian Yellow gone into a double play. Top of the sixth, that's where we already talked about Bryce Wilson. Bottom of the sixth, William Contreras led off with a single. And Willie Adamas had a moonshot home run, like sky ball. Home run made a game six to four. Top of the ninth, uh, JC Mejia, another kind of unsung hero of this game to get the Brewers to a position where they could have, you know, they had a chance yeah. to, to tie the game. Yeah. Uh, went through a one, two, three, ninth inning. Bottom of the ninth inning, this all happened with two outs. Joe, uh, Jesse Winker and Victor Caratini both struck out to start the ninth inning. Andre Monasterio drew a walk. Bryce Terang drew a walk, and then Blake Perkins, what I would say is the at-bat of his life, an 11-pitch at-bat that eventually uh, gets rung up on a good slider after seeing nothing but four-seam fastballs and splitters. Yeah. The the strikeout pitch was a slider after seeing 10 straight either four-seam fastballs or splitters. Yeah. That's honestly, like, I, I really give credit to the Braves pitcher. That was 
that took, took some him. nuts to break that pitch out. And where he threw it, like yeah, ooh. that's that was good. That was a good baseball play. Mm-hmm. Uh, no denying that. Um, this was William Contreras's ninth multi-hit game in July out of thirteen. That's pretty good. <laughs> what is that? What is that percentage? It's like sixty something. Sixty nine. Ah, <laughs> I got Okay. <laughs> game two. What's up to you from Saturday's game? If I don't start this goddamn breakdown with fucking this, baby, you knew where I was going. You knew where I was going. If I don't start it with this, I'm mama media, dude. First of all, holy shit, dude. He's this guy just comes out of nowhere. Um we know where he came from. Bro. I mean, we know, we know. But for for you know the, the complainers on Facebook, he comes out of nowhere. Um he he hits everything. He's just getting on base. He ends up with the game-winning RBI. I mean, we're going to do the breakdown in a sec here. Oh, yeah. um, Adrian Hauser pitched a very good game. I mean, mm-hmm. he did have the two walks and the three earned runs, and that looked like it was going to hurt him pretty badly. But the Brewers just battled back. Uh, Paguero with a walk, but a scoreless scoreless seventh inning. Uh, Piamps with a scoreless eighth inning. And we'll get to we'll get to the ninth inning. I'm going to wait to talk about him to when you're doing your breakdown, but. Uh, why does he do that to us? I don't understand him. Um, national television. So I was telling our buddy Alex about this, actually. I was just talking to him last night, and I was like, it's weird for me because I've seen, like, the Badgers football team being big bowl games, like, relatively often. I've seen the Badgers basketball team being big-time games. The Bucks, obviously, I've seen them win a title. The Packers are, are – they're the shit, right, in this state. The Brewers, I mean, they're a big-time team in this day. We all love them. But they're not on the national stage as much as the other ones. So for us to be on Fox against a team that is proclaimed the best team in baseball right now, and they're talking about us, you know, like that was that was crazy, man. That was that was nuts. That was fun. It was, it was a great time. That was a great Saturday night baseball game on Fox with Sal Frelick absolutely stealing the show. He's he's robbing hits. He's getting hits. Like he is legit the hit collector. He yep. catches yours and he gets his own. Like it was. You were there, Tim. Oh man, what an atmosphere yep. to be at. Tim was there atmosphere. for for the towel day. You bastard! I wanted the towel, but people are selling them online for fifty bucks. Why? Why are they trying to get fifty dollars for a towel? I could probably find a towel pretty close to that for for. Half the price. Okay. Yeah, just wanted to put that out there because I think that's <laughs> so. I think that's I'm, I'm glad you brought up the the national TV thing because South Freelick got to make his debut on national TV. That is awesome. Yeah. And then not only that, but he made noise in his debut big time. Yeah, um, was all over the place. Yeah, top of the first inning, Adrian Hauser. He was locating his pitches super well. Even the walk that he gave up to to Matt Olson. Uh, his pitches were located well, and Matt Olson is the National League home run leader. Uh, Hauser still posted two strikeouts in the first inning. Second inning, strikes out uh, Marcelo Zuna, gives up an infield single, strikes out Orlando Arcia, and then strikes out Michael Harris. The last two, both of them looking. He was up to five strikeouts already in two innings. Yeah, he was cooking. Um, bottom of the second inning. Sal Frelick, two strikeouts, or sorry, two strikes, doesn't matter. He doesn't strike out. Gets a hit to the left side, 
gets to first base way ahead of the throw, and he has his first major league hit on an infield single. Top of the third, Atlanta gets their first two on with a single and a walk. Austin Riley hits his fifth home run, or sorry, his sixth home run in the last five games. I mean, that dude was that dude was cooking. Uh, we've we've been pretty vocal about how hot Christian Yelich has been. Like Austin Riley has been equally, if not more, hot. He, like usually when a guy's like on fire, you say he's on another planet. Austin Riley is the fucking planet right now. Like that is how on fire he is. Yeah, and that wasn't even a bad pitch. Like it was probably a ball. The yeah. pitch would have been called a ball. It was a little low, and it was a couple inches inside. And Austin Riley's just like fuck it, home run. <laughs> Man, Braves really... fans are spoiled this year. Um, big time. And, you know, it was a decently located pitch, and that was really the only hurt that Hauser gave up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> bottom of the third inning, Bryce Terang had a leadoff walk. Christian Yelich had a good rip for a single, and then William Contreras crew on in to do a double play. Top of the fourth, Hauser got another strikeout. Um, top of the fifth. Hauser struck out Albies. That gave him strikeout number seven. That tied his season high. Uh, strikes out Matt Olson on three pitches and then strikes out Sean Murphy. And he was up to nine strikeouts in five innings. Yeah, the strikeout versus uh, Matt Olson was my favorite of the game. He he pooped on him. Got him on three pitches. That was nasty. He made him look silly. Uh, bottom of the fifth, Frelick leading off. Um, gets down two to nothing. Rips one down the line past Olsen. Uh, two for two in his first two at-bats. Owen Miller follows that with a double to left center just past Orlando Arcia. And then uh, Blake Perkins um, pulled a single. Oh, sorry, sorry. First, before that, um, Bryce Terang. Bryce Terang, he hit a ball pretty damn hard. Like it looked like it was going to be a home run off the bat. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was a home run when he first hit it. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be a deep fly ball uh, just because it was a straightaway center. If that ball's in either one of the gaps, it's a basis-clearing double. Mm-hmm. But turns into a sack fly uh, that scored Frelick and got Owen Miller to third base. And then Blake Perkins pulled a single, made the game 3-2. to two. Uh, Blake Perkins just seeing the ball really well lately at this point. Yep. Um, and then Christian Yelich hit one of the warning track in center field. Um, just pretty much a situation where he hits that ball to either either field like left field or right field that's a home run probably i agree same with same with terrains yep top of the sixth sal frillick starts putting on a web gem clinic yeah dude what the hell the first one robs ozuna of a likely double i don't think it would have been a home run but it would have hit like a foot away from the top of the wall Mm -hmm. and the second one um Actually, sorry, before that, Hauser ties his career high with his 10th strikeout and then robs Orlando Arcia of it probably would have been another double um, jumping and crashing into the wall. And I'll say this because I don't know if it's trolling for attention, trying to discredit. People saying that Frelick jumping for those two balls was unnecessary. First of all, Sal Friedrich is like 5'9". He's tiny, bro. So he, he definitely had to jump to take that first one. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one, if you listen, like if you go back and watch that play and you see uh, see when the ball is hit, 
the announcers are talking about Blake Perkins in center field going to make the play. Yep. They're like, Perkins going back on it, and then Fred comes out of nowhere, jumps and catches it and crashes into the wall. Like, the game winner was, like, exciting. Don't get me wrong, but, like, that second catch that he made and, like, the announcer's going, Frelick again! Like, yeah. the crowd going nuts. I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. Like, that was the moment of the game where I was like, all right, this is getting ridiculous. And they keep panning to his family, and they're all going nuts. Like, they're all losing their shit at the same time. Yeah, they could just keep showing his family if they wanted to. I mean... Do we do we want to address the elephant in the room? I mean, that's up to you. It's up to you. All right, I'll just I'll just put it out there. I don't know if this is ever gonna be something that anybody sees, but <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. Sal Frelick, his sister is super fucking hot. She's uh, not ugly. She's not sorry. ugly. <laughs> sorry, Sal Frelick's sister. If you ever see this, I'm sorry. Just being honest. Um, nope, okay. You have a nice smile and very nice hair. <laughs> okay. Bottom of the sixth, Jesse Winker leads off with a walk. Andre Monasterio hits an opposite field single, and then Sal Frelick slaps another single into the shortstop third base gap to tie the game three to three. Just, I mean, everything that he could do, he did. Like yeah. outside of just you know hitting grand slams every time, but I'm saying like. Everything that he could do, he did for this yeah. game. Um, top of the seventh, turns it over to the law firm. Paguero gives up a leadoff walk, and then the Braves try to hit and run. And um, Acuna ripped one right at Adamas, throws back to first for a double play, and then Bryce Thrang made another nice play to end the inning. Bottom of the seventh, Christian Yelich did another deep loud out. Top of the eighth, back to Piamps. Um, gets Riley to pop out. Throws Matt Olson on a slider down the middle of the plate and then gets Murphy to fly out a 1-2-3 inning for Piamps. Bottom of the eighth, Willie Adamas leads off with a double. Winker strikes out. Andre Monasterio um, grounded out. Arcia tried to make a throw to third base. Austin Riley wasn't really ready to catch yet. And uh, Willie Adamas was safe at third. And then Sal Freelich just basically already being a super clutch guy. Uh, rips a liner into right field. That play, Willie Adamas tagged and scored on, that was the fastest sprint speed Willie Adamas has had so far in 2023. Oh, wow. He was jacked up after he scored, too. He dug deep to score on that liner. I mean, one of the best. I mean, Ronald Acuna is one of the best players, period. Like, if Mm -hmm. Mike Trout didn't exist, Ronald Acuna would be getting a hell of a lot more hype, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. not that he and doesn't I think get at this point, but... he's almost like so good to the point that everybody already knows that he's going to win MVP that they've kind of already like moved on. Like everybody like yeah, bro, I'm... like a foregone conclusion that he's going to win MVP. Yeah, it's it's pretty annoying that the announcers are kind of like, oh, the hopeful MVP. I'm like, bruh, like he's got it in the bag, bro. You don't have to like, hit unless 20 Christian Yelich gets like 25 more bases. home runs and the Brewers yeah. somehow pass the Braves in the standings, like. Yeah. I mean, Yelich is up to like 15 or 16 now on the MVP ladder. So, I mean, that's solid. But, you know, he's not worth his contracts. But we're not going there right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll show the proof in the pudding on that one. All right. Um, okay. So, top of the ninth, Devin Williams, like you said, makes a sweat. Go strikeout, single strikeout, and then walk, walk, strikeout. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, 
couple walks to load the bases. And I'll say I put Devin Williams as the underrated performer because he pitched in a high-pressure situation in this game. And people were saying he creates his own pressure. Here's the thing. He's not doing it on purpose. Like, he's not going up there being like, yeah, I want to throw 30 pitches today. Right. Um, and we're, we're talking about a one-run game against what we described, again, as the best team in baseball. That, right. There was high pressure there already. So, Devin Williams got out, gave up a walk. Or sorry, a hit, two walks, and then three strikeouts. Um, Sal Frelick, I mean, three for three, two web gems, two RBI, scored a run. This was this was the Sal Frelick game. Yes, yes, it was. And um, it will always be remembered as that. Yes, and I will say we shouldn't forget Adrian Hauser in this game. Um, this is – I had a couple really interesting things to say about Adrian Hauser. So, first, we know that he tied his career high in strikeouts in the six innings. Um, this was his sixth straight appearance, allowing, allowing three runs or less. One of those was a relief appearance, so I will – level with you there um so you can call it his fifth straight start around three runs or less and adrian hauser has pitched 63 innings this year he's only given up six home runs so people acting like you know adrian hauser is you know just constantly giving up runs giving up runs just because they gave up a three-run home run in the third this is just again Wait until the game is over. You look at Adrian Hoser, you see six innings pitched, three earned runs. I will take that every single time from our number five starter. And you add in the context that you're going against the Braves, the team that hits the most fucking home runs in the league. Like, they're they're good on offense. Now, I've seen Braves fans complaining that they don't play small ball. Well, I guess we got that in common, Braves fans. But – the thing about it, oh, we don't bunt. I don't give a shit about bunting. Shove that bunting up your ass. I'm sick and tired of that goddamn conversation. Yeah. Also, the Braves are good. They hit a lot of home runs. Okay? They literally set the record in baseball yeah. for most home runs before the All-Star break. Yep. Hauser was probably going to give up a home run. Fuck. Burns was probably going to give up a home run to the Braves. Again, Austin Riley was on fire. Yep. I mean, um, Olsen is second in the majors in home runs. Mm-hmm. I mean – Ronald Acuna's got MVP. power. Uh, obviously, Acuna's got power. Obviously, Albies has power. Like, Albies has over 20 home runs. Michael Harris was a Rookie of the Year candidate earlier in the year. He's kind I of mean, fallen out of that conversation a little bit, but Jesus he's still Christ, pretty people. damn good. Um, and then for people right away to just be like, Hoser sucks. I knew it. I called it. Ugh. Shut the fuck up, dude. I'm so sick and tired of people. Yeah. So annoying. Yeah, I don't mean to take over that conversation, but God, no, I'm so... you're saying the same things. Like, I'm wait until of... the game is over to it's complain, annoying. and yeah. at that point, when the game's over, still don't complain. Shout up your ass. I don't care. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Listen, agreed. I I know, I know. Like we we advocate for the the more positive, optimistic mindset. Mm-hmm. But we we are also trying to oppose negativity with the same energy. <laughs> because there is so much of it out there, we are trying to oppose the uh, the negativity with the same energy that it's put out there with and and just trying to meet it head on. Because we want to we want to push that out. 
we want to push that negativity out of our fan base uh, first by uh, like basically drawing awareness to the people that are doing it. Mm-hmm. And then we want to also be able to give people, you know, like the tools to, to help them then become the more positive people, which is why I like when I talked about Freddie Peralta in today's game, like just changing the thing from, you know, our offense can't support our great pitching staff. Why don't we start like saying we have a great pitching staff that is carrying and helping pick up our offense. Right. Um, I don't know. I guess the thing for me is, yes, I like what you said that we're raising awareness by pointing those people out. And I'm kind of at the point where I'm kind of like, all right, I'm going to call you out and you you have two choices. Either you're going to, you're going to continue to make me talk to you the way that I'm talking to you. I'm going to match your energy or we're going to come to a conclusion that you're going to decide to be a better fan of the teams that I like, because I'm just not dealing with it anymore. I literally, I don't want to say abuse somebody because that's a bad way to talk about it, but I made a Brewers fan, a fellow Brewers fan, look silly last week by the way that he talks about the Brewers. And I just, I had it up to here with him. And I was like, you know what? I got the time today. And I started calling him out. And at first he tried to match energy. And then he realized that I was a real one. And I'm not one that you mess with because I'm not backing down. Like point blank, period. When I get on the topic, I'm on it, and that's what it is. And eventually, this guy just ended up kicking me off his Twitter because he knew that he couldn't handle the smoke. You play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? So we we know this as fans. When opposing teams' fans come to our, our places, whether it be American Family Field or Camp Randall or the Coal Lambeau. Center or Lambeau Field has a great reputation of this, of yep. being very hospitable to opposing fans. Mm-hmm. Why the hell are we not doing that to each other? Weird. What the hell is that? Like we we can literally be nice to Bears fans for a day, but we can't respect our own fucking teams that we cheer for. Just just to want them to to play better. Without nope. having to be this sarcastic, snarky, negative bullshit of, oh, the Brewers offense sucks. We can't just simply flip that into the Brewers offense could stand to improve. Nope. It's that easy. It seriously is. And you can do the same thing in your life. That is the thing that we're doing. It's a simple, it's a simple little change in words and that's it. And then you're talking about going from negative to a growth mindset phrase. It's not hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. That was very well said. All right. Let's it all to you from the third game of the Brave series. Well, Julio Tehran was uh, back on his Julio Tehran. Let's uh-huh. just put it that way. Um, six innings pitched, three hits, zero walks again for the entire pitching staff. Love when I see that. That's like – Honestly, one of my favorite things. Walks are like turnovers to me when I watch the Bucks. And I'm, ugh, I hope that they're, they're well, better than like for me. That's where I come. That's where I get. That's fair. Um, earned runs. He only gave up one. Uh, Paguero gave up three. Obviously, we know what happened. Yeah. Um, the strikeouts. We had seven. So I mean, that's still a solid number. Tehran had five of them. He was he was locating his pitches pretty goddamn well, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen Miller with an RBI and Bryce Terang absolutely unloaded on a baseball, 417 <laughs> feet. He had a little, he had a little lean back to him. Um, you know, obviously when we get to the breakdown, you're going to talk about what happened in this game and yeah. yeah, it was, it was kind of a, 
kind of a shitty loss. But again, the Braves hit home runs mm-hmm. against literally everybody. Yeah. You know, you, you get into this game, it's two to one, you're in the eighth inning, and you're you're still sweating because anybody in that lineup can just crank one and put it over the fence. Literally anybody. Literally one literally through nine. Literally one through nine. Like yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Still a great series against the Braves, which dude, this this series and and shout out to Braves fans on social media. Uh, during Saturday's game, they were like giving credit to the Brewers for their baseball. I love it. Um, I love it. I do too. Like, like that shit makes me proud to be a baseball fan. I agree. When when we can acknowledge that, hey, the Braves won two out of three in this series, and the Braves fans can acknowledge that South Frelly came in and stole the show on Saturday, and the Brewers played great baseball this weekend. And mm-hmm. we can acknowledge that and respect each other. Like, mm, yeah, give I me some that. of that sportsmanship. <laughs> fucking love. Yeah. yeah. Um. So top of the first inning, Bryce Durang made a nice, nice play, fielding a grounder around. Um. Um. Why can I not think of his first name? Acuna. Uh, yep, that's uh, Ronald. Ronald. I kept wanting to say Robert, and I'm like, that's not his name. Um. Ronald Acuna. So Bryce Terang, he can't go past second base, but Acuna standing on second base comes around the bag to make a play on a grounder to throw out. Uh, I don't remember who it was that hit the grounder, but uh, Julio Tehran followed that with picking off Acuna on second base. That was great work by him. Bottom of the first, Sal Frillick finally commits an out is what it is. Top of the second, Travis Diarno hit a solo home run. Um, I did say this last week that he's probably the best backup catcher in Major League Baseball. I agree. Um, so, you know, in addition to everything else the Braves have going for them, they also have a good backup catcher. Yep. Uh, Andre Monasterio followed that up with a web gem in between the second – or, sorry, the shortstop third base hole. Just more great defense by Andre Monasterio. Top of the third, a hit-by-pitch that shouldn't have been was negated by a strikeout of Austin Riley looking by Julio Tehran. That was great work by him. Bottom of the third inning is where Bryce Terang hit that home run that you mentioned into the second deck. Tied the game at one. Uh, that was his first home run since May 14th. Yeah, I remember hearing that. That is crazy. That's a long time, that's, that's a long time ago. Uh, top of the fourth, Julio Tehran struck out the side. Bottom of the fourth, South Frelick drew a walk. Victor Caratini hit a single that was 112 miles an hour off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Man. Absolutely ripped that. Owen Miller followed it up with a sack fly, made the game two to one. Um, both teams went one, two, three in the fifth and sixth innings. And here's the thing. So I'm going to say this now because we're through the sixth innings. Julio Tehran pitched six innings, only gave up three hits, no walks, one run and five strikeouts. People just spent his last three appearances saying he's figured out. And now they want him to go seven innings because he's only at 78 pitches through six. Our fans are bipolar. I'm just going to say it. That's the only way to explain it at this point. But here's the thing. If Julio Tehran gives you six innings of one-run ball, say thank you and turn it over to the law firm of Paguero, Piamps, and Williams. We have seen the formula. This is the formula. Your starter goes six. You turn it over to Paguero, Piamps, Williams, and you say thank you. Yep. This is the second comparison that I will make. Don't fucking compare Julio Tehran to Corbin Burns. 
Do we? Why do we have to say that? Dude? Why do we have to say that? <laughs> I can't believe that that needed to be said. Well, you know what? <laughs> Since Packers camp started today, exciting times. You know how many times we're, we're going to have to say don't compare Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers? Oh, my. Dude, I almost had a fucking stroke. Telling people to not compare Julio Tehran to Corbin Burns. Oh my God, I can't believe uh, that needed to actually be said out loud. I I can't stand people. <sighs> Seventh inning, Julio. Sorry, Hobie Miller came in, got a ground out, gave up a double, got a strikeout, uh, and then Uribe comes in and gets a flyout to end the seventh. Bottom of the seventh, Brewers got a one out single by Owen Miller. He was stranded. Top of the eighth, uh, Paguero got hurt by two singles, and then the home run by Ozzy Albies. Who was 0 for 9 in the series before that? So held a good hitter to 0 for 9, and then he finally caught up to one and hit a home run. Um, baseball. Yeah, baseball. That's really what it is. Baseball. <laughs> Bottom of the eighth, Christian Yelich had a single. William Contreras grounded into a double play. Willie Adamas had a, a walk. Um, Sal Frelick had a single, and then Andre Monasterio struck out to end the inning. Uh, Mejia pitched another one, two, three, ninth. That's really, it's, it's a thankless job pitching late scoreless innings in close games. Yeah. That you're, really that you're down in. Um, so good job by him. The Brewers at one, two, three in the ninth, all three strikeouts. Essentially it felt like guys trying to, to tie the game on one swing. Um, Christian Yelich was two for four and Willie Adamas did have two walks. And for Elvis Figueroa to give up three earned runs in one inning pitched, his ERA ballooned to a whopping 338. Wow. Wow. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy to go all that. Uh, Isaac yeah. said the kid Frelick is exciting to watch. And thank you, Isaac, because the, the Angels taking Hunter Renfro helped clear the way for him. So that's yeah, a genuine yeah. thank you, by the way, not a sarcastic one. And uh, anyway, I love Hunter Renfro. I was on the Hunter Renfro, you know, train last year. I love Hunter Renfro. Um, but the trade that the pieces that we got for Hunter Renfro mm-hmm. has, has shaped this season into a winning season. And that is another thing, too, with Paguero. Dude's a rookie. Yeah. Dude is literally a rookie and is becoming our, our seventh inning setup, man. Yeah, I mean we got we got Contreras and Piams in that trade. So I mean, nope, that's not who we got. That's in the Ruiz trade. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Yep. I apologize. So many trades. So many trades. So we got we got Paguero, Jansen, Junk, and oh yeah, um, Junk. And I remember Isaac saying, "Why did we take him?" <laughs> um, there's one other guy. What's his name? I can't think of his name. I want to say it's another guy whose last name starts with P, but it's another pitcher. Um, he's in the minor leagues. So we essentially got three minor league pitchers for clearing $11 million off our books. And now one of those three minor league pitchers has become our seventh inning reliever. And part of the law firm, baby. And part of the law firm, for sure. All right. So let's go from uh, legal discussions of a law firm and let's let's talk ownership. No way you heard that. That would be hilarious, Isaac. Um, yes, hilarious. Isaac, I have also heard that. Um, the rumors on that have cooled, but but yes, I did hear that. Um, that the the 
Cardinals were considering trading their Contreras. I did hear that, but rumors on that have cooled. But like mm-hmm. I said, let's talk ownership. Let's talk Brewers Reds game one. What stood out to you from Monday's game? So I have a stat after I get done that's filthy, by the way. Oh, no, we'll, we'll go through all three games, then I'll tell you the total. But okay. filthy, fucking filthy. Um, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Ray Johnson on the on the mound again in this one. He was he was good again. Uh, six innings, five hits, a walk, two earned runs, and five Ks. I mean, dude, two earned runs in six innings. I'm not gonna fucking complain. <laughs> uh, Hobie Milner was very good. Uh, got got a strikeout, gave up one hit, but that's what Hobie Milner does. Hobie Milner like. He's like an offensive lineman where like he goes unnoticed. I feel like throughout throughout the 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 week, if we go week by week here, and right. he's just how many, how many times have we said it that Hobie Milner is literally the human embodiment of why we do underrated performers for everything we talk about? Dude, he he literally is the underrated performer every week. If we if we made a trophy for underrated performer, like Hobie Milner would be the gold guy on the top. <laughs> he would for sure. Um, yeah, he was he was tremendous again. Uh, Joel Piamps, he he's Joel Piamps. Okay, he's getting to that point where I say he's Joel Piamps. He, he comes in, you might as well focus on the next. <laughs> Piamps Williams is just disgusting. Eighth and ninth inning. Um, in this game, Yelly had an RBI, obviously the winning one. Um, mm-hmm. Contreras had the first RBI, and Frelick hit his first career home run. Uh, the, the big thing that people were taking away from this game was the Brewers struggling with runners in scoring position, which, mm-hmm. listen, guys, we were we were really solid for, I would say, three weeks, maybe a month, where we were actually consistently hitting with runners on base. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we were going to come back down to earth, and I'm not saying that this is going to be the normal, but, like, eventually we were going to have a bad game with runners in scoring position. Right. And, okay, we're, we're – We're a bad beating, series. We're beating a dead horse here, but the Braves are, like, really fucking good. They struggled at times against our pitching, by the way. The Brewers pitching, which is really good. Uh, they struggled at times with runners in scoring position. It, high leverage baseball. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. That's why we talk about get us into the show and you never know what's going to happen. And you know what? The Brewers are in a lot of high-leverage games. Those Mm -hmm. pitchers in the back end of that bullpen, those hitters, they're in a lot of high leverage situations. Yep. The Braves are killing people left yep. and right. I mean, they've been struggling a little bit more lately, but they they kill people left and right, hit a ton of homers. They always get off the hook. Like, if we get into the playoffs, I'm not saying we're going to win because I really don't think we are, um, if I'm being completely honest with myself. But I think we will give them a struggle. I think we will give them a struggle. Us and the Diamondbacks. Those are the two teams I think that could actually match up with the Braves. But – for a you series, know, sure. Yeah, go, going into this, Brewers got to win. I don't know why anybody's complaining. We won the fucking game, dude. So the reason people are complaining is so the Brewers were two for 16 with runners in scoring position. They it's were. a 125 batting average. That is bad. Obviously, you'd like to be essentially double that. You'd want to be four for 16. Yeah. 
But here's the thing is Christian Yelich and William Contreras were two for four with runners in scoring position, and everybody else was 0 for 12. Shocker. I said this last week that William Contreras and Christian Yelich are carrying this team. They are carrying this team in all caps. Yeah, like it's it's almost laughable at this point. Um, Sal Freelich is up, so he's helping. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Brewers, I mean, Matt Arnold isn't going to come out and say, you know, like we're aggressively trying to acquire bats because, like, obviously he doesn't want to give up, you know, right? What he's trying to do, but. He's acknowledging that he's answering constant phone calls and his phone is very busy and saying things like that. That's probably the closest we're going to get to him admitting, you know, they're trying to be buyers. Well, and, and Rowdy started taking batting practice today. So right. I know he's been having a down year, but if he could pick it up, you know, and get back to a little bit more of Rowdy from last year, that will definitely right. help. Right. Maybe add another bat. I mean, who knows? Uh, I like your idea of, of Randall Grichuk. That's that one's that one's growing on me. Um. As long as, it, as long as it means that my guy Sal doesn't get sent down. Oh, no. No, no, no. Sal needs to stay. This team um, if I'm being completely honest, if the Brewers were to trade for an outfielder right now, I think Joey Weimer would be the one going to AAA. I can see it. Uh, they, did it with, they did it with Bryce Terang. They sent him down to get some get some mojo back. Yeah. I think uh, I think Joey Weimer could benefit from, from spending the first two weeks of August in, in AAA and then coming back up for the stretch run. Yep. Okay. So another thing I wanted to bring up with the first game of this Reds series, uh, the Brewers held the Reds to only one stolen base in this game. Huh. Everybody has made a big deal uh, in the series before the All-Star break. Well, the Reds had nine stolen bases. I'm pretty sure in that game, seven or eight of them all came with two outs, and the Brewers focused with the guy at the plate, not the guys on the bases. Yeah. Um, and then obviously – L.A. De La Cruz stealing around, so I made a big deal out of that. But only one stolen base in this game. Um, and then you mentioned walks being your comparison for turnovers. For me, it was strikeouts. When the Brewers strike out a lot, that's where I start to get the same feeling that I get like when the Bucks make a lot of turnovers. Um, the Brewers did have 11 strikeouts in this game, but they also drew eight walks. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of walks. Yeah. Um Top of the first inning, <laughs> Joey Weimer robbed L.A. De La Cruz of a home run. Uh, right. Top of the third inning, Joey Weimer did not rob L.A. De La Cruz of a home run. Uh, um, the only people robbing him of that home run was a fucking spaceship, dude. <laughs> that thing was ripped. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom of the first inning, Christian Yelich drew a walk, stole second, and William Contreras singled him in. That's just manufactured runs out of our two best players. Yep. Um. Bottom of the sixth, that's when Sal Freelich hit his first home run. 98 miles an hour off the bat, 384 feet. Uh, hit it on a 1-2 count, by the way. Just wait, I got some juicy Sal Freelich stats for you. Uh, hit it on a 1-2 count. Uh, home run in 30 out of 30 ballparks. Oh. Not a cheap um, one. That's what you like to hear in the first. Willing to bet that Ellie De La Cruz's home run also would have been a home run in 30 out of 30 home run. Um, I'm pretty sure that his home run was a home run in two ballparks put together. <laughs> um, top of the seventh, Hobie Miller came in, got a one, two, single, three inning, bottom of the eighth. I'm sorry, top of the eighth. Piamps came in. He had a one, two, three. He had retired 21 straight batters after that appearance. Bottom of the eighth, walks by Sal Frelick and Andrew Monasterio stranded on second and third after Willie Peralta. Sorry. Um, 
after a wild pitch, I saw WP and I read it as Willie Peralta because I usually write Freddie Peralta as FP. <laughs> uh, wild pitch. And then this is the first of two instances where the Brewers were uh, swinging and the runners were going on contact. And Froelich was running on contact. Um, the ball was hit directly to the shortstop, and it's just an easy play to, to throw from short to home when the infield is playing in. Yeah. Um, bottom of the sorry, top of the ninth, Devin Williams got the one, two, three inning with two strikeouts. Bottom of the ninth, Blake Perkins drew a walk again. Blake Perkins just the dude seeing the ball very well. Mm-hmm. Craig Council has the stones to put in Jesse Winker for Joey Weimer. Yeah, that that's where I agree with you when you said that Joey would be the guy to get sent down. I 100% agree. Um, Jesse Winker comes in, gets a single. What I will say is, you know, people wanting Jesse Winker to be gone, DFA'd, whatever. Um, first of all, he has an okay on base percentage. It's not great, and you're not going to want to hear that, but it's it's true. He has an okay on base percentage. Um, and they the only thing that I could think of for wanting to do this was to have a righty-lefty matchup instead of a right-handed hitter on a right-handed batter. Yeah. On a right-handed pitcher, sorry. Yeah. So that was why I thought that that was the case. And then Christian Yelich comes in, gets a walk-off single. That was his first walk-off since 2019. Um, Jesse Winker, including this game, 5-for-12 with two walks as a pinch hitter. Huh. Maybe that's a better role for him. I was. That's exactly what I said on Twitter after this game when I saw that stat, that maybe you use Jesse Winker in the Mike Rosso role. Yeah. That they've been, you know, that they used him for the last couple of years, and you use him, you save him as a pinch hitter. Right, right. Huh. Um, you know, just something as opposed to to dumping his contract and paying him to play for somebody else. I agree. Agreed. Um, but like I said, I just want to give Craig Council credit for pushing the right buttons in this game. Yeah, he was great. now Sal Freelick. Let's talk about Sal Freelick. Okay, he gives me a confidence with two strikes that I have with few other players. When when Freelick has two strikes on him, I don't feel that he's going to strike out because he doesn't very often. True. But I feel that he's not going to go up just looking for one pitch and swing whether that's the pitch that he sees or not. So Sal Freelick is the second brewer to have five hits and a home run in his first three games. You want to take a stab at who the other one was? Probably going to look like a fool here. I'm going to say Ryan Braun. Nope. He was, just a good, he was just a good hitter. It was a good guess. Try again. Is it? Is it bet you can get it in three guesses. Is it in the Braun era? No. Yelich? Nope. Damn. Uh, Weimer? Nope. I don't know. All right. The second Brewer to have five hits and a home run in his first three games. The first was Paul Molitor. Why did I not say Paul Molitor? Sal Freelick out here doing Paul Molitor things. And you know what? Those people, uh, that couple we sat next to uh, on Friday night, they said mm-hmm. that Weimer reminds them of Robin Young. I could see it because of the defense and the and long the hair. And they, and they said that you, hair. you could tell yet they were like, you could tell that Young was a little bit different than the other guys. If Weimer grows a mustache and he starts like hitting for a high average, <laughs> you know, everybody, <laughs> crazy thought, not going to happen. But Everybody's talking about all the outfielders in the next couple of years. 
Joey Weimer is the one that's going to move to the infield. That would be hilarious. He's the one that I said. I know. You said first base. Okay. So, South Frillick has been in five two-strike counts through the first game of the Red Series. He has four hits and one strikeout. Jesus Christ. <laughs> five two-strike counts, four hits, and one strikeout. That's, that is awesome. That yeah. is contact hitter work. Yeah, that, that kid is a beast, dude. You just wait. In AAA, when he was behind in counts, when he was behind in counts, this is what he batted in AAA. 346, 358, and 500 slugging for an 858 OPS. When he was behind in the count. Jesus Christ. South Frederick's my new favorite player. <laughs> He's a stud. Wow. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Okay. Game two. Let's throw it to you from game two. Okay. I'm just going to say the annoying thing is that Corbin Burns had to take an L and he gave up two earned runs. That's annoying to me. Um, but he was still. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. He was solid. Um, six innings pitched, three hits, one walk, two run run, six Ks. I mean, that's a that's a average Corbin Burn start, in my opinion. Um, Uribe was a stud outside of the two walks. He was, I don't think he was very focused on the eight nine hitters, but he came up against Ella de la Cruz and he showed that he was a fucking gamer. So I love that. Um, he, that was uh, that was his strikeout, I believe, right? Um, and then Bryce Wilson. I talk so good about him. It sucks that he gave up that home run, but mm-hmm. like I said, it'd be like that sometimes. Yelly, yep. the thing about Yelly is he was hitting the ball hard consistently, and I believe it was uh, the inning before, two innings before, seventh or eighth inning, he he hit a ball to left field, and it was caught on the warning track. And I was like, oh, man, he just missed that one. And that would have tied the game at two but he ended up getting a three-run homer. And obviously, you're going to go through the breakdown, so I'm not going to take that from you. But the ninth inning was crazy. Yeah, it was interesting for sure. Um, both teams stranded a single in the first inning. Uh, Ellie De La Cruz struck out on another curveball. Um, <laughs> just can't handle it. Top of the second, India struck out on a slider. Um Two of them in a row, actually. Corbin Burns threw two consecutive sliders nowhere near the strike zone, and India swung at both. I feel like I feel like India is not as good this year. I don't know if you feel that way. He's Maybe he's decent. Sure. Like he had a really great year last year, uh-huh. which kind of like inflated his, you know, inflated people's opinions of him. And now he's just having like a decent year. Yeah. And people are like, why isn't he at an all-star level again? It's fair. It's fair. <clears throat> uh, top of the third, Corbin Burns got his first strikeout on a cutter. Bottom of the third, Christian Yelich. Good hustle on an infield single. Uh, hits a grounder to Joey Votto that he has to kind of wait to get to him, and Yelich beats the pitcher to the to the bag. Top of the fourth, Corbin Burns allowed two runners with zero out, strikes out Fraley on a changeup, um, and then a ball right on the chalk gives the Reds a one nothing lead. Uh, yeah, baseball, baseball. <laughs> Votto single makes it two to nothing, and then Corbin Burns struck out Spencer Steer to end the inning. Bottom of the fourth, Andre Monasterio. A leadoff single, tagged out at home on the Victor Caratini hit over the right fielder's head. 
baseball. It's the bounce, the bounce ball is right to the glove. So he can make a clean field and a clean throw and then a clean relay and another clean throw. Fire Jason Lane. But I'm sure nope, the same not- people said, why did he hold Weimer at third today? We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Move on. Nope. Moving on. <laughs> on the fifth, Christian Yelich uh, drew uh, had a single. Uh, he was stranded. Bottom of the sixth, Willie Adamas had a leadoff walk, was stranded at third by three ground outs. Top of the seventh, Abney Grebe came in. He's fun to watch. He, he is fun. Struck Alvado on a slider at the top of the zone, which is an unusual place for a slider, but it worked. Um, and then we got to see Abner Uribe versus Ellie De La Cruz. I don't care what you take away from this game, but this at bat was entertaining and potentially something we see again and again and again over the next five to eight years. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a lot of high leverage at bats. Yes, um, Uribe is throwing great sliders, hit 102 miles an hour with this fastball. Got him to hit a soft liner on a 101-mile-an-hour fastball to end the seventh inning. Uh, just a fantastic at-bat. And Ellie De La Cruz, to his credit, he followed off some tough pitches, too. He did. He started catching up to the to the slider, and at first that's how Uribe, like – and because, you know, when you think about Ellie De La Cruz, you think about speed and power, right? Mm-hmm. And when you think about, you know, Uribe, you're thinking he throws 102, so you're thinking speed, right? So, right. you know, if you're Ellie De La Cruz, you're coming up to the plate thinking, like, he's going to try to blow one past me. Right. And then he gives you the slider, and you're kind of like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> you know something funny? Uh, Abner Uribe threw three of the five fastest pitches in all of Major League Baseball yesterday. Like, for the day. For across the league yesterday, yeah. of the five fastest pitches thrown in Major League Baseball yesterday, Uribe had three of them. Damn. Um, like the it. dude from the Giants had the other two. So two people had all five? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. <laughs> uh, bottom of the seventh, South Friedrich pinch hit for Weimer, drew a walk, was stranded. Top of the eighth, Bryce Wilson came in, gave up two singles. Um, Reds had first and third with one out, got a shallow fly by India, and then got Joey Votto to fly out also. Um, <clears throat> this is one of those things where it's a strategy thing where if you, you know, if you leave Bryce Wilson in, uh, he can potentially get you into, you know, if you end up having to go to extra innings or to save bullpen guys, whatever the case may be um, for leaving Bryce Wilson in. But top of the ninth, Benson hit a home run, made it 4 nothing. I actually, I'm not going to lie, I kind of like Benson from the Reds. Yeah. Um, as much rivalry as we've had with the Reds, which hasn't really, you know, been much of a rivalry. rivalry. It's been very one-sided. Um, I don't hate the Reds. Yeah. Like I hate the Cubs and the Cardinals. Um, Reds are kind of the Cardinals. I think I'm just jealous of the Cardinals. I hate the Cubs. Like fuck them, dude. Yeah. Um, the Reds are kind of like like a little brother. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Like they try to beat you at games, and they do once in a while, but most of the time you win. Agreed. <laughs> but. Bottom of the ninth, South Frelick gets a two-out walk. Blake Perkins hits a single. Christian Yelich socks a three-run home run. Um, the Reds then bring in their closer. William Contreras hits a single. Willie Adamas gets hit by a pitch. And then the game ends there with the Brewers down by a run. Um, the Brewers made it interesting, similar to the Friday night game against the Braves. Yeah. Just didn't have enough to get it done. The Brewers had the leadoff man 
on in four of eight innings before the ninth. Um, and they had a hit or walk in every inning. Hmm. So getting guys on base isn't the problem. They just got to get them in. And eventually it's going to happen. They're not just going to keep getting eyes on base and batting 125 when there's guys on base. Right. That that floodgate will eventually open. Um, It's just this is a one series sample size where it didn't happen. I just hope it happens in October. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So what stood out to you from today's game? This game ended about half an hour before the show started. Freddie Peralta was tremendous. Man. Uh, Six innings pitch, four hits, zero earned runs, zero walks. Fuck yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh 13 Ks. Um, Jesus Christ, dude. He was he was balling today. Uh we handed it over to the the law firm, as we are now calling them. Mm-hmm. Uh Piguero, Piams, Williams, a combined two hits and four five of the third of the 18 strikeouts. 18 strikeouts. This is the second time we've done this to these motherfuckers this year. You want to know? I have it pulled up. Um, The Brewers in the last two weeks have 18 strikeouts against the Reds. They've done it now five times in franchise history. Tied the franchise record at 18 strikeouts. Today, July 14th, uh, it's May 8th, 2021 against the Marlins. May 2nd, 2015 against the Cubs. And then May 16th, 2014 versus the Braves. That was the Ben Sheets game. Sorry, that was 2004, not 2014. Um, 2004 uh, against the Braves. That was Ben Sheets. The Ben Sheets one still the goat, but 18 strikeouts is still 18 strikeouts. Like let's so many strikeouts. I think the Brewers have struck out the Reds at least at least 12 times in their last nine appearances. Bro, I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna send it to you so we can make a graphic of it. I want to look at. Um, all the strikeouts that we had on the Reds this year because it's so got many strikeouts. It's got to be so stupid, dude. Um, I mean, we had that we had that record, that MLB record against the mm-hmm. Reds a couple weeks ago. So, um, just disgusting stuff. I know that we rag on Tyrone Taylor a lot. Um, he could be the odd man out if we do a trade. Just saying, um, but he True. did get a hold of the baseball today, and and yep. it turned into the winning runs. Um, I mean, Monasterio added some insurance, but. Good for Tyrone Taylor to finally get a hold of baseball. He was hitting it hard to his credit, just flying out deep uh, left center or left field. So uh, good job by him. Congratulations for him. Thank you to him, uh, all of the, all three of those things. So mm-hmm. the Brewers ended up winning this game. Um, so let me, let me tell you a few things real quick here before you, you do this breakdown. The Brewers have 12 shutouts this year, right? Mm-hmm. And leads Major League Baseball. Yep. Five of them are against the Reds. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So listen to this L.A. De La Cruz stat. So since the day, as I quote, our season ended mm. when he stole home, L.A. De La Cruz is three for fucking 29 against the oh. Two of those three hits are home runs. Show the highlight reels. Wow. 12 strikeouts. Three for 29. That is a 103 average. But you know what? I guarantee they talked about that home run he hit. Wow. More than the three for 29. The day our season ended, three for 29 since then. Wow. That, yeah, I knew you were going to love that one. 
That so would be this is this is hilarious to me. Is the Brewers are now ten and three against the Reds, right? Yeah. So that makes the Reds three and ten against the Brewers. Yeah. They're fifty three and thirty eight against the rest of the league. That is so stupid. They like they are a damn good baseball team. They are. We just until they play the Brewers. So I was gonna say this. And over the last 38 games between the Brewers and the Reds, the Brewers are 28 and 10. <laughs> That's like a 750 winning percentage. That's like not cool if you're a Reds oh fan. Oh my dude, the the Reds are the little brother. Dude, that's not cool if you're a Reds fan. <laughs> 28 and 10. Wow. Holy crap. I was uh I was going through Reds fans uh, just just posting everything on social media, all over social media. And they're all like, yeah, I'm really excited to not watch the Reds versus the Brewers for the rest of the season. I don't want to watch the Brewers ever again. I don't want to watch the Reds versus the Brewers ever again. I don't want to hear about the Brewers anymore. And it's just like, I do want to hear about the Brewers. They better hope that they don't manage to get into the playoffs as a wild card team and have to play the Milwaukee Brewers in the playoffs. It'll be over. (laughs) Dude, what if in one crazy scenario, the Reds knock out the Braves and we play the Reds in in the championship series? Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. Oh, I'd be like, God is real. The Reds would have to go through either the Diamondbacks or the Dodgers. And then the Braves and the yeah. Brewers would have to beat NL East. What about East? That would be the Braves. So there'd have to be another wild card. It's oh, probably yeah. Phillies or the other one of the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks. Why the hell is Atlanta in the East? That just doesn't make sense to me. They should be in the South. There is no NL South. I know, but it's Central, East, and West, my guy. I know, but it just sounds stupid to say something that's so far down south is east, but whatever. I mean, they are east. They're still in the east, dude. I don't know. It's dumb to me. The Hawks are in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, but they're in the south. They're in the south division. Yeah, exactly. See? Still in the Eastern Conference. You know what? I'm just going to say we're both right, and you're going to do the breakdown. That's what's going to happen right here. (laughs) It's not weird that Atlanta's in the east. Anyways, uh, top of the first inning, Freddy Peralta needed only 11 pitches to get three strikeouts. The strikeouts coming on three different pitches, one on the four-seam fastball, one on a changeup, and one on a slider, um, which just really should have signaled to us that Freddy Peralta had everything working today. Yeah. Like, he threw every pitch that he has with command, four strikes, did not walk a batter today. Love it. Uh, bottom of the first inning, Christian Yelich um, and William Contreras both hit hard hits. And Willie Adamas had a hard ground out. All three of those hits were outs, but they were all over 94 miles an hour exit velocity. So hmm. Brewers hitting the ball hard early. Um, second inning, Votto had a two-out single, so it only took Freddie Peralta 14 pitches to get through the second inning. Very efficient start for him. Bottom of the second, Andre Monasterio hit a one-out double. Toro ground out, moved him to third, and then Tyrone Taylor grounded out to end that inning. Top of the third, two more strikeouts for Freddie Peralta. Bottom of the third, Bryce Durang leadoff single. Joey Weimer, fielder's choice. And then Christian Yelich hit a double, and Joey Weimer was held at third base. Um, Joey Weimer hesitated between first and second just 
a couple steps to make sure that that ball was going to get down. That's why he was held at third base. Mm-hmm. And then the Brewers tried that contact play again, um, just going on contact, just a little unlucky in the series, really. Uh, just a ground ball goes any direction except directly at a fielder, and that's going to be a run. Uh, say a guy has to dive, even if he stops the ball, that run scores. If yep. he has to range to his left or to right to stop the ball, that run is probably still scoring. Just literally anything except for exactly what happened, just direct ground balls, and those runs are probably scoring. Agreed. Um, Where was I here? Um, Willie Adamas struck out with runners on first and third. Both teams went one, two, three in the fourth. Top of the fifth, Jonathan India led off with a double. Votto ground out, got into third base. And then Freddie Peralta comes back with back-to-back strikeouts. One swinging, one looking. That put him at 10 strikeouts for the day. Mm. Bottom of the fifth, Bryce Durang, first pitch, hit a one-out double. First pitch that he saw, hit a one-out double. Weimer grounded out. Christian Yelich caught um, a liner, caught by Ale De La Cruz. It's a nice play. Christian Yelich looking to use the opposite field. Yep. Um, he was down 0-2 after a bad first strike call. Um, the zone was a little iffy today. I will yeah. say that. To say the least. Yeah. Top of the six, Freddie Peralta got another strikeout. This one looking on a curveball that gave him his 11th. Struck out L.A. De La Cruz again. High fastball that gave him number 12. Then gave up a double and then got another strikeout, this time on a slider. That was number 13. Yeesh. And I saw people questioning why Freddie Peralta was being taken out after six innings. He was at 89 pitches. Because this is the formula. Six innings from your starter, turn it over to the law firm. That's the formula for winning close games. Mm-hmm. Bottom of the six, Willie Adamas had a one-out single. South Frelick grounded into a double play. It's going to happen. He's a baseball player. Top of seventh, turning it over to the law firm. Bryce Durant committed his first error. It was wiped out by William Contreras behind the plate, catching him stealing at second base. Uh, mm-hmm. Elvis Peguero follows that up by striking out India, giving up a bloop single to Joey Votto, and then another strikeout to end the seventh inning. Bottom of the seventh, Abraham Toro called up in place of Jesse Winker, who was placed on the 10-day injured list with back spasms. Uh, Abraham Toro had been on an 11-game hitting streak in AAA. Uh, called up to play first base, which was interesting to me that he was playing yeah. first base, but yeah. he's a utility infielder, so might as well make him super utility. Yeah. And then Tyrone Taylor, like you said, gets a hold of one, first pitch, home run. Um, really just a case study and leaving your starter in a little too long. Agreed. Brewers hands. <laughs> I didn't I didn't name names, but I said what I said. Top of the eighth, Piams comes in. Andre Monasterio makes a really nice stop, uh, stays with the play, gets up, picks up the ball, makes a nice throw. Not a nice throw, but a nice pick by Owen Miller. That is a Craig Council button push that does not get talked about like it should. True. Taking out Abraham Toro and putting in a guy who's played more first base in Owen Miller, and Owen Miller makes a nice pick at first base, then also makes a nice play at first base and a, a effort play diving with the ball into the bag to get the final out of the eighth inning. Man, I was like, God damn it, they're trying to give this one away. <laughs> yeah. Um, bottom of the eighth, good two-out work by South Frelick to Drew a walk, and Andre Monasterio, who was down 0-2, 
He put a double down the left field line that gave the Brewers their insurance run that you mentioned. Top of the ninth, Devin Williams comes in, gets the first two out on five pitches, and then gets Jonathan Ninja strikeout, the 18th strikeout of the day. And the Brewers go 10-3 and three against the Reds this season. Um, the Brewers as a team only struck out four times today, so that's fantastic. Yes. Um, so hopefully South Felix, you know, not striking out contact play uh, rubs off on the other guys. I would love that. Do you want a disgusting Devin Williams stat? Yes. I know you do. Devin Williams is the second reliever ever to have more than 15 strikeouts and no hits or runs allowed to a single opponent in one season. Holy shit. He has 17 strikeouts in eight and two-thirds innings against the Reds this year. No hits, no walks. No. Yeah. Okay. That's if he would have pitched just, say, one more third of an inning, Devin Williams would have pitched the equivalent of a perfect game against the Reds this year. <laughs> I have nothing to say. Um, wow. He has seven saves in those appearances. I'm just going to say this about Devin Williams. He's starting to use the cutter a lot more, and he's actually getting better with it. If he adds a third pitch, in my opinion, he's the best closer. I can see it. I can see the path to it. He's, in my opinion, this year, he's top five. He's got 26 saves. In my opinion, this year, he's top three, but I agree with you. Who's the, who's the, god damn it, I can't think of his name. Who's the Cleveland guy? He's pretty good. God damn it. The first guy that comes to my mind is um, Ortiz or uh, Bautista in Baltimore. Yeah, That's he's got to come to mind for me. Baltimore is exciting this year, dude. They're, They're a good awesome. team. Um, God damn it. Yeah, but Edwin Diaz good. is hurt. He comes to mind. Um, this season, Devin Williams is better than Josh Hader. No, you got to use war to grade everybody. Yeah. So. He's got fewer blown saves. I guess if you uh, if you want to make an argument, you got to pick what stats you got to use. Uh, that's yeah. that's what uh, I'm talking. That's, that's how you get into conversations where run differential matters more than wins. Yeah. Uh, so we're <laughs> going to leave that at that, I guess. So um, the Brewers off tomorrow. Three mm-hmm. games at Atlanta, and then three games at Washington. Both of those games on the east side of the country. I'm going to say the Brewers go four and two. I'm going to say they go one and two at Atlanta, and then sweep the Nationals. I agree with you. I'm also going to add this. We went through the 17 straight games. We went through a bunch of games against Cincinnati that were high leverage. We won a bunch of them, obviously. We went through the series against the Braves, which we played them tough. We're going to play them again, see what we got. After that, we get 13 straight games against teams under 500. That is where we are going to extend the lead. We play the – what do we play? Washington, the Pirates the Rockies, the White Sox, and then we get into teams like the Dodgers, the Rangers, the Twins. Um, the Twins aren't – They're hovering around 500. Yeah, they're, but they are above. And the Rangers the Rangers are crazy. We actually play the Rangers on a Saturday night – or a Saturday afternoon on FS1, so that'll be hmm, – Cool. That'll be some big boy baseball right there. Um, I just want to say on the subject of this Reds series and really just where the Brewers are as a whole right now, mm-hmm. their, their last nine series – they're seven one and one. Yep. This team's eleven games over five hundred. Yep. If you looked at their social media following, you would not guess that. No, you would not. 
you'd probably guess that they're exactly 500. You based probably on the way would. that people react to them. Probably. Uh, and that's that's where Jake and I get that feeling of wanting to 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 push the negativity out of our fan base because our fan base is not behaving like a team or a, a fan base of a team that is 11 games over 500. I don't think it's particularly close either. No, it's not. It's sad. Uh, the thing is that the Brewers play a lot of close games, so I have the feeling that people probably believe that every game is winnable which is why people act like the Brewers are constantly blowing games or, you know, feeling the need to rag on things all the time. But, you know, just just that simple flipping mindset that the Brewers play a lot of closed games. So there are opportunities to win all those games. And, yes, they're going to lose some of those games. Some of them they're going to be leading in and then lose. Some of them they're going to be losing in and come back because they're able to keep games close. What is the what is the record? I think it's since July twenty third. They are tied for second with most comeback wins in baseball. I mean June twenty third. June twenty third. Sorry, I was. It'd be really weird to have a five day sample size on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have eleven comeback wins in five days seems impossible. Yeah, they, they say it couldn't happen, but baseball. Baseball. <laughs> okay. Very nice. You ready to talk some some draft class? I am. Okay, now I'm going to preface this by saying we have 18 names to mention here. We are not going as in-depth as we do with with the NBA or NFL on these names. A lot of them is going to be just a sentence or two and then on to the next one because there's not a ton of information because a lot of these guys are coming straight from high school. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there is a single person who saw the Brewers draft 21 guys. I believe 15 of them were high school players and thinking the Brewers were coming out of this with 18 out of 21 guys signed. Yeah, that was uh, that's that's insane. That is very insane. Basically, all the guys that people were questionable if the Brewers were going to be able to to pry them away from their college commitments, the Brewers got all those guys. Yeah. And here's the thing: they did this by getting twenty nine dollars under their slot allowance. That's so twenty nine dollars within. So stupid. <laughs> so. Let's let's just let's start ripping them. Let's start with number one, Brock Wilkin. So, what I have on Brock Wilkin, and man, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna preface this again. It's tough to find shit on high school kids. <laughs> really, well, Brock Wilkin wasn't a high schooler, but yes, I know, I, I know, I, I know. But you know, we have a lot of high schoolers that we drafted, and it's it's tough. Um, but Brock Wilkins was one of the best college baseball players in the country last year. Third baseman, obviously a position of need. Um, he has power, again, something that this lineup could use, uh, especially with the guys that are coming up. Uh, you know, we talk about the freshmen this year. This guy could end up, in my opinion, being kind of like the Ryan Braun where he comes up a couple years later after, you know, the the Prince Fielder and Ricky Weeks kind of deal. Uh, Corey Hart, J.J. Hardy's. Uh, this is kind of the second coming of that, and they, they talk about that in the freshmen. So, this guy could end up being the Ryan Braun of that, and Ryan Braun was actually a third baseman in college too, just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a lot of power, probably the best. He was said to have one of, if not the best power hitter in this draft, 31 home runs, 82 RBIs, 69 walks. Nice. nice. And 80, he had 82 hits overall. That's a 345 average, uh, 506 on base percentage, an 807 slug, and a 1.313 OPS. The guy rakes. I'm fine with it. That's a good pick. Nice. 
Okay, so Brock Wilkin actually made his his uh, Arizona League debut on Monday. He had three plate appearances. He had a single, a sack fly, and a walk. Um, the Brewers scouting director did say that he believes he has the best power in the draft. He mm-hmm. had 31 home runs last year at Wake Forest, which was a school record and the second most in Division One baseball. Oh, wow. Uh, has 70-grade power, which, and if you hear me say like 70-grade, 50-grade, that's on a scale of 40 to 80. It's a rating scale for prospects. So 60 is average, 40 is the lowest, 80 is the highest. So he has 70-grade power currently. Um, it's pretty good. Has good arm strength for a third baseman, just has kind of low range. Uh, has a 45-grade glove, which um, the the prospect report that I read said that they shouldn't waste his good arm by moving him to first base, which is something I saw people suggesting. Um, just but that improving his defense will be the main focus of his development. Hmm. Okay. Um, so next guy, Josh Noth. You want me to go first again? You go ahead. Okay. Uh, Josh Noth, uh, this is a kid out of high school. Uh, so for the high school kids, I kind of just looked up their pitching and, and the pitches that they throw and the speeds that they have. Yep. Uh, this guy has a, a 93 to 96 mile an hour fastball already. That's ridiculous out of high school, dude. Um, he, they said that he hit 97, 98 a couple times from what mm-hmm. I read. Um, he has a curveball that goes 79 to 82. So you're, you're getting a kid that's going to hit 96 uh, and then slow you down to 79. That just sounds filthy. He has an 83 to 85 mile an hour slider and an 85 to 87 mile an hour changeup. He really is a fastball slider pitcher as of right now. And the little interesting fact on him, he went to the same high school as Marcus Stroman. So maybe a little mentorship for him. Um, he did say he was quoted as saying that he throws 97, 98, that he wants to hit a hundred. He did acknowledge that his curveball is his best pitch. And he was said, quote, grip it and rip it when it comes to his curveball. So he is now my favorite player. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. his curveball. I know we posted this on the page when he was drafted. He has a curveball that rotates over 3000 times per minute. The MLB average is 2,500. That's so stupid. His curveball already rotates more than major league average. And he's getting handed over to the Brewers pitching lab. Yeah. He just turned 18 nice. five days ago. Nice. Oh. So him and uh, Mizorowski, uh, Ethan Small, maybe Aaron Doctor. Ashby. I mean, we're we're in good hands. With Dude, I'm so excited for Mizorowski to make his debut next I year. Know. I know. Me too. He's going to be such a beast, bro. He's going to be so good. <laughs> Um, Josh Noth threw a 19 strikeout perfect game last spring and his strikeout to walk ratio, 93 strikeouts, four walks. Oh my, oh my, oh my God. Oh my God. That is disgusting. Oh my God. Two strikes out. Dude, I watched, I saw like one, like footage of one of his games. And, like, nobody could touch his curveball, and nobody could keep up with his fastball. Oh, my God. Like, he looked like a man amongst boys when he was pitching in high school. Uh, Clearly why he got drafted in the second round. Yeah. And why people were concerned that, you know, the Brewers might not be able to convince him to come. Yeah, right. uh, Yeah, they did. They got him. They went way over budget on the first two guys, which 
whatever. We got two really good prospects for them. Right. So, and, and that's why when we get to some of these mid round guys, their stats aren't going to sound super impressive, but right. Those picks were made knowing that you could pay less than the slot value. So you could save money to spend on other guys. That's part of the draft strategy in baseball. So next guy. Here we go. I'm going to embarrass myself. Mike both, both, both. I would, both. I would just say both. So both. yeah, I think you're good. Um, this guy has played all over the infield, third, first, short. Um, everything I've read is they think that he's going to play some second base along with third base. Uh, he's a good contact guy, uh, has good zone awareness, and the Brewers believe that he'll be a good gap-to-gap uh, hitter. Huh. Uh, he bats left, throws right. He went to Nebraska, Omaha. He is, or These are his slashes. Uh, 401 average, a 512 on-base percentage. A 563 slug and a 1.075 OPS. So the guy rakes. He he's a multiple position infielder. So you literally cannot go wrong with this draft pick. So for me, what I saw in Mike Bove, uh, in addition to what you already said, he had 211 plate appearances last season, only nine strikeouts. Yep, I saw that. Yeah, he played 47 games and struck out nine times. Love that. Sounds like Sal Frelick 2.0. He reminds <laughs> me of Tyler Black. Oh, okay. So Tyler Black at first and Tyler Black Jr. at second? <laughs> and maybe Bryce Durang playing shortstop. Yeah. Andre Monasterio will be in his prime by then. Yeah, never know. <laughs> Brewer, the Brewers are in a good spot. People the don't Brewers understand The Brewers' farm that. system was like in the mid to low 20s for like five years uh, from like the late 2010s up until like last season, uh, mm-hmm. up to coming into the 2023 season, they were up to number 15. They're gonna they're gonna jump on that list again this season. I'm 100 fully confident by next winter they will yeah. jump up that list again. Yeah. Okay, next guy. This is one of the guys that they knew they had to go over slot value on is Eric Batanti. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Eric Batanti. So he was a second-rated player in Cali. So I know that everybody kind of rips on Cali, like, as a joke, but, like, Cali, like, produces good athletes. So being mm-hmm. rated second in Cali is impressive. Uh, he right. had a 526 batting average. He's This guy is a mammoth of a man, by the way, at only 17 years old, 6'4", 218 fucking pounds. This is a grown man in a little little kid age. Um, he – this, this kind of – this kind of made me a little, little upset because he was so close. He was ranked 68th on MLB Pipeline. Yep, I saw that too. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but he did fall to the Brewers as the 87th pick, so yep. that was awesome. Um, yeah, he just – I think that he could just be a good third baseman for the future. He's also a lefty batter, so love that. He has good patience and elite defense. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Um, he had an offer from Oregon. Yep. Um, the scouting director said he's likely to be a third baseman. Um, the dude can mash and he showed it at the combine. Um, he was one of the most home runs at the combine and he just looks like you said, he just looks like a gigantic human standing in the batter's box. He does. He's and huge. He is still only 17 years old. I know. <laughs> um, next guy, Jason Woodward. Uh, he's one of the first guys on here who, like I said, he doesn't have, you know, like jump off the page type stuff to him. Uh, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. He's got a good fastball slider combo. He's an right. underslot guy. 
a prospect for the pitching lab is essentially what I have for him. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what I have coming off the Tommy John surgery. Kind of like a, a guy that we drafted in 2018 because I found this uh, Drew Drew Rasmussen, who we ended up mm. flipping for Willie Adamas. So, yep. Okay, maybe this will be another guy we flip for a guy on May 22nd. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. All right, <laughs> next guy, Ryan Burchard. Yeah, so this guy's a little bit older. He's 21 years old. Um, he he went 8-0 with a 1.08 ERA and 95 strikeouts, giving up just 29 hits in 50 innings at the Niagara Community College, uh, County Community College, where he was named Western New York Athletic Conference Player of the Year. So he's uh, he's got some, got some good stuff. He's got a 0.97 whip as well, and he has 16.5 strikeouts per walks. Like it. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things that I have written in <clears throat> is him being a junior college pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brewers' last two junior college pitchers that they drafted, Jacob Mizorowski, Aaron Ashby. Okay. I'm so I board. trust that the Brewers' scouting department knows what they're doing when they're drafting junior college pitchers. I am on board. Yes, I am on board. Yes. All right. Next guy. This this might be the guy. This is the guy. Okay. <laughs> this is the I, guy. I'm really excited about Josh Noth, but Cooper Pratt may be, may be the guy. So I'll He's, let you go ahead. Um, so Cooper Pratt was projected to be a first-rounder, maybe early second-rounder, because nobody thought that they were going to be able to get him away from Old Miss, I believe it was. Yep. Um, this guy has, has – called the best bat to ball skill in high school this last season and he has tons of raw power that is untapped as one scout has said and i was reading i was reading up on what scouts were saying about him again this is another six fours shortstop so we we had a thing and we went for it this year he reminds some scouts of the orioles gunner henderson yep Right-handed Except, Gunnar Henderson. A right-handed Gunnar Henderson. Yep, he's just a right-hander. Yeah, so that's uh, that's nice. Uh, he was the forty-five, sorry, the forty-fifth ranked prospect that I found. Uh, so essentially, a second-round pick. Had yep. he, you know, had teams known that he wasn't going to go to college, um, has a fifty-five hit tool. So, like I said, um, that's sixty being average. Like he's he's floating right there. 55 hit tool, 50 power, 50 run, 55 arm, 55 field, 50 overall. This kid, he's like Plato, man, and the Brewers just get to form him into this five-tool stud. Um, He's already almost average at everything, and they just get to be like, you're now really good at everything. He's the next Jackson Churio. That's fair. Um, He was credited for great zone awareness and good contact, and he was also the Gatorade player of the year in Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Good call. I did see that as well. Did see that as well. Next guy, Tate Kaner. That's how I would say that. I would say Kaner. I'm, dude, we were talking about. That's the other part of this high school. Like, there's there's no pronunciation guides out there for this. Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ. So, Tate Kaner, uh, Kaner. Kaner, Kaner, I don't know. Kaner, Kaner. Um, he's just a, a left-handed pitching prospect. Um, I don't, I could not find much on him. He's just another guy we get to add to the Brewers pitching lab. That he's got got some solid stuff. Went to Louisville, so. Yep. 
So he's a left-handed pitcher, like you said, from Louisville. I might have spelled his name wrong. It might be K-U-E, not K-E-U, whatever. Either way, I'd still still say it the same way. I'd still say King. Um, Had a 399 ERA last season, had 54 strikeouts in 38 and a thirds inning. Um, The main draw for him is that he's under slot. That's the main thing there. Um, And this will be a continuation of these guys where you see the under slot guys drafted. Mm -hmm. Um, More strikeouts than innings pitched. So it's going to be a trend. Yeah, that's all you need. So Craig Yoko, another one of those guys. He was an Indiana pitcher. Yeah. Uh, he was a right-hand or a right-handed pitcher. He made 18 appearances, had four wins, one hold, one save, uh, scoreless in 10 of 17 appearances. Uh, had five or more strikeouts in six appearances. Didn't allow any more than two walks in any appearances. Had a 3.41 ERA. 63 strikeouts in 37 innings pitched. So good ratio there. Mm. 33 hits, 14 earned runs, 19 walks, a 232 opponent batting average. All right. That's uh, Craig Yoho. <laughs> he did good on that one. All right. You pretty much, you pretty much covered everything. So <laughs> you, want me, you want me to do Mark Man Freddy too, or you want to take those on? No, you, I mean, the pitchers, we're just, we. how many pitchers did we draft? We drafted 15, right? All right. 15 pitchers? Yeah. So the Brewers basically are just like, okay, we're just going to redo all the pitching in the minors, and we're just going to draft a bunch of high school kids, and we're just going to see whatever one turns out to be whatever. Yeah. Um, Mark Manfredi was a Dayton left-handed pitcher. Made mm-hmm. 15 starts at a 499 ERA. Nothing to really you know write home about. But 79 and a third innings had 96 strikeouts, 38 walks, which is a little high, 71 hits, had a 241 opponent batting average. But this is the thing. His junior year, he had a 211 opponent batting average and a 366 ERA. So it could have just been a down uh, final yeah. year in college, and maybe the Brewers think they can can unlock some potential there. Hmm. Okay. Next guy, Morris Austin. Another right-handed pitcher, 650 career ERA, 49 strikeouts in 44 and a third innings, 41 hits, 39 walks is high, 250 opponent batting average. Just another below slot value guy. Yep. Okay. Bishop Letson. I'll let you go first on this one. Bishop Letson. Um, this kid has a fastball that can get up to 94 miles per hour already. Uh, they describe him of, describe him of having a whippy arm. Um, I don't even know what the hell that means. Maybe he <laughs> just, just – I don't really know. Um, he was considered the top high school arm in the state of Indiana – and this time last year, nobody really thought that they were going to have a chance, which is why another underslot guy. Nobody uh-huh. thought they were going to be able to pull him from college because uh, he was – who the hell was he committed to? I haven't read that. Uh, Purdue. Purdue, that's what it was, yeah. Um, another 6'4 guy, by the way. So uh-huh. we're, we're, we're literally just going to draft – we're going to have the team that bats for the highest average and the tallest team of all time. So that's <laughs> what we're going for, um, average height. Um, but, yeah, he, he just – He's got a good arm. He can he can sling that son of a bitch, and nobody thought we were going to be able to get him. And dude, Matt Arnold, by the way, masterclass. Wow, I've seen several people describe this as the Brewers' best draft ever. Wow, that's which is saying obviously like big words. Yeah. Um, so Bishop Bletson, he's a right-handed pitcher from high school. Jake mentioned his fastball. Uh, Ginger right. Paulson, the area scout, said that he's got good breaking stuff. He has an eighty-one to eighty-three mile an hour changeup. A uh, 73, 74 mile an hour curveball and an 80 to 82 mile an hour slider. 
So Bishop Letson, I'm looking for him to be a fastball slider guy. Okay. And having about a 10, 12 mile an hour difference in those two pitches. Okay. So Bishop Letson is not one of those guys who was, was drafted just to kind of help save some slot money. He's one of those guys they save slot money for. Yep. I agree with that. Okay. Next guy, Bjorn Johnson. Bjorn Johnson. <clears throat> this is a guy just because of his name alone. I want him to be good. <laughs> um, he he does not have overpowering stuff. He has a fastball that goes 83, 84, uh, curveball that goes 72, 73, and a changeup 76 to 78. Now, the the pitch spin on the fastball is 1950 to 2100, so that's pretty good, a little below average. Um, the curveball is 1817 to 1867, and the changeup is 1428 to 1466. So he's got he's got the potential. He only has the three pitches right now, but if he can obviously up the RPMs, which again we're handing him to the Brewers pitching lab, and I think he could be a fastball. He he looks like he's going to be a, a bullpen guy. To be honest with you, right? Like a, like a middle a middle innings guy. Yeah, and that's he. He could develop into a later inning guy. Uh, he's made four starts in the West Coast League. In 17 innings pitched, he has a 106 ERA, uh, seven walks, 22 strikeouts, and an 824 whip, which is very, very low. Mm. So he's off to a really good start uh, in his first um, his first league appearances. Okay, I'm just going to run through these next four guys really quickly. Yep. Um, and then we can get to the last one, which is a guy that I do want to talk about a little bit. Okay. So, uh, Brett, this I'm going to say this. I'm going to say it's Wachowski. That sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. He has a 6.23 ERA across 121 innings pitched, 73 earned runs, 139 strikeouts, 72 walks, uh, 16.24 WHIP. He's just a guy you can maybe hand to the pitching lab to see what they can do with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Hayden Robinson. He's a right-handed pitcher, has an 88-mile-an-hour fastball, has a change-up in the upper 70s, and then a curveball in the lower 70s. Another guy for the pitching lab. Josh Adamshewski. Adamshewski. Yeah, that was the one I did not know. <laughs> uh, he's a shortstop. His uh-huh. max exit velocity last season was 104 miles an hour. His average exit velocity was 93.9, which I'll take. Uh, 80% of his contact was on the sweet spot, so I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a good arm for a shortstop. He did hit three grand slams in four games at one point last season. Damn. He also has an 89 fielding percentage. I like that as well. Which is not horrible. That's Yeah. Uh, next one is Josh Timmerman. He's a right-handed pitcher from Ohio State. He had kind of a rough year, uh, 837 ERA in 23, 23 and two-thirds innings, uh, 36 strikeouts, 20 walks. Throws a fastball in the low 90s, and he does throw a sweeper, changeup, and cutter. Mm-hmm. All right, last guy, last guy drafted, last guy that I want to talk about, Justin Chambers. So, yeah. do you you want to say anything before I toss some stuff out here? You, you toss first, and then I'll add on. So, Justin Chambers is another guy who is coming off Tommy John surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, was described as the best left-handed pitcher in Arizona. Yep. He had offers from Washington State and Arizona State. So, Throws an 88-mile-an-hour fastball, 82-mile-an-hour changeup, upper 60s curveball, and a 73-mile-an-hour slider. So he's got a good pitch mix-up. Yeah. Um, I have that, you know, for the before he got hurt, obviously, because he's in the Tommy John. 
Um, he was six and three record with a 198 ERA, 83 strikeouts to 21 walks over 56 and two thirds innings. So that's pretty pretty solid stuff. Just another lefty starter. The Brewers just they really did do a tremendous job with all the pitching and um, the third baseman, the the shortstops. I mm-hmm. mean, they did a they did a really good job. I'll say addressing need and also rebuilding part of their farm system because we have all these hitters that we're talking about coming up. Obviously, we have some pitchers too, but you know, mm-hmm. and then just draft all these high school guys. And man, I'm telling you, <laughs> Cooper is the guy. Cooper Pratt is the guy out of this draft class that I think I'm the most excited for as well. For me, Rob- Cooper Pratt is probably a close second to Josh Noth. Oh, Josh Noth is your guy, huh? I mean, the, I think the Brock fact that his that, that he's already throwing upper nineties with a curveball that rotates as much as it does, yeah, uh, he to me signals as arguably the most major league ready. Not that he's like ready to be in the majors because it's going to be a couple years, obviously, but right. like his his current play could like make him the first guy to reach the major league roster. Like you, I you think it's going to be close pass. between him and Wilkin. It's going to be close. Yeah, Wilkin, Wilkin will probably be up. Um, right. Yeah, just uh, interesting stuff. Mike Mike Bev, I mean, he he's interesting too. He plays all over the infield. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they did a tremendous job, man. Um, Eric Paul shortstops, which is just going to be apparently an NL Central thing. So yeah, I do. We're going to have the shortest of the tall shortstops. But right? <laughs> Whatever, I'm here for it. But signing yeah. 18 out of 21 draft picks is impressive. That's... Yeah, and a lot of young kids, man. That's mm-hmm. crazy. That's crazy. Giving them time to cook, man. For sure. All righty. Well, thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in to another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. Uh, do come back Friday night. Friday night, we have a show this week. Stat projections. There has been a lot of work going into this. A lot of notebook pages filled up with projecting <laughs> stats. We're talking 10 guys on offense, 12 guys on defense projecting a bunch of stats for the Green Bay Packers for 2023, which kicked off training camp today. Uh, Simon and Bryant are going to be with us for that. We're going to be talking consensus. So I'm I'm taking all of everybody's projections, making a consensus, and then we're going to discuss who's super high on certain things, who's super low, and we're going to have some discussions based around whose statistics um, are, are kind of outliers from where the other three guys are at and have some really interesting discussions based on those projections, which is going to be really, really, really great episode. One of our last preseason episodes because Jake and I get kind of busy in August. And then we have our live show coming up um, August 25th. That'll be at Isaac's in New Holstein. That'll be our live Badgers primer. Then we have one more preseason Packers show, and then we are into football season. I'm telling you right now, dude, I'm going to die in August. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm literally going to be coaching football three days a week. We have live events coming up. I have to be mm-hmm. traveling all over America. Still have to do our Wednesday episodes. We have a bunch of Friday episodes coming up for the Packers. We're right around the corner from the season starting. Uh, we got to, we're we're going to be ramping it up. The Brewers are in a playoff push. The Badgers, we got to hype them up pretty soon. I mean, woo! busy days, busy days, but we're here for it. But you know what? I'm not going to look at it as a negative. I am just thankful that our teams are winning. They compete for playoffs. Um, I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to coach these kids. I actually have to go hand out some pads uh, in, a, in an hour here. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, go Brewers. Hopefully we can 
hopefully some way they can figure out a way to take two or three, right? That would be amazing from Atlanta. Winning series. If they they take two or three from Atlanta on the road, and then, like I said, they have 13 straight versus under 500, and they just fucking run through that shit, bro, and add a bat. Let's say Rowdy turns the corner a little bit, and he's above average. He's where he was last year. I don't even need him to be great. Like, just be what you were last year. Hit 240, hit a bunch of fucking dingers. We're going to bring in another high average guy. The pitchers are just going to keep shitting on people. And then <laughs> we're just going to be the Milwaukee Brewers and we're going to come ruin your day. Winning winning two out of three every series puts you on pace for 104 wins. So I'm here for it. And for everybody that complains, I have one last thing to say. We talk about defense all the time. Me and you are defensive guys, right? We understand the importance. What? How how demoralizing is it when you go into a game and your team leaves with, with, with five hits and no runs? Like, how shitty is that as a fan to go watch that? Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, interesting for sure. It's fun because it's our team that does it. but Yeah, yeah, it's a great time. All righty. I will see you Friday night then. All right, man. Take care.